0: Of this, and I won't nearly get through today. I'm just gonna barely get started. Uh, I have so many notes, and uh, I was studying yesterday and said, God, how? And then this morning, the Holy Spirit came on me. I spend you know almost two hours praying every uh, Sunday morning before I come in during my prayer time. Oh, he came all over me, and uh wow, it was just uh, he is an amazing person. And when you've been around him, you've been around infiniteness, and he expands you in every way. This is called Advice for Living in a Crazy Time, or, um, or Get Ready for What is Ahead, or you can give it any title you like. <laughs> I have a question for you. Um, do you have, and this is a, a serious question, do you have a normalcy bias? Ask yourself. Say, so what is that? I looked the term up, and it's in my notes. You can go to my notes at victorychurchraleigh.com. I won't get through all of them, but I got a portion here I will cover uh, a normalcy bias, if you look it up in a, in a dictionary, uh, the, the, word, the two words normalcy bias, listen to this. A cognitive bias which leads people to disbelieve or minimize threat warnings. Consequently, individuals underestimate the likelihood of a disaster when it might affect them and its potential adverse effects. The normalcy bias causes people not to adequately prepare for natural disasters, pandemics, and calamities caused by human error. And then the last part of this, about 70% of people uh, reportedly display normalcy bias in a disaster. Everybody say normalcy bias. So I'm going to ask you a question again. Do you have normalcy bias You say, well, I thought you were going to be preaching the word I am. So listen to this, 2 Peter 3, first four verses. You see normalcy, bias. And friends, it's easy to operate and walk in that. But listen to 2 Peter. Listen to what Peter said. Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, The apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now that's normalcy bias. Well, Jesus ain't coming back. I've heard that Jesus was coming back all my all my life. I'll be 63 in October. I came to Jesus when I was 18. That was 1976. And all of those years in between then and now, I've heard that Jesus is coming back. Well, he's not back yet, but the scripture says he's coming back. But we're living in an uncanny time. And let me say, my personal normalcy bias is normally really strong. I'm the kind of person... Uh, that God has given me an ability to do the same thing for a long, long period of time. I mean, I, I just don't quit. I don't stop. You know, uh, the, the uh, advertisement of the Ever Ready Battery in years past was Ever Ready Batteries have power to spare. Well, you know, that's kind of me. But I continue. I have this tendency to think things are going to keep going the way they are. The, the bottom line is things are changing in the world we're living in. Have you noticed lately? And there's rhyme and reason to the change, we're uh, uh, going through a time of tremendous change, I think, the likes of which that I think none of us in this room have seen in our lifetime. Um, in fact, I was praying, I mentioned this uh, Wednesday night, but Wednesday morning, I usually get up early, I read first, and then I pray, and uh, Wednesday morning, I finish praying, I, usually I pray an hour in the Spirit, and then, you know, sometimes a little more, I pray about other things as well, but... Um, After I pray, I usually just get quiet, sit there a little bit, and I was sitting there Wednesday morning, and let me, the the preface of this is God speaks to me often with just one word, just give me one word. I I love words, I love etymology, the origin of words, and I I have etymology books in my office, and I I just love word studies, and so God gives me words, and um, he gave me a word Wednesday morning, the word was epoch, E-P-O-C-H. And it kept coming up and that's a really strange word. I, I never used that word. I think there's, a, I think there's um, maybe a, a paper called Epoch Times. Y'all heard of that? But uh, other than that, I, I don't ever hear. Y'all ever hear that word? I Never. But it kept rising up inside me, and I, I had to say, well, I don't know what you're saying to me. But I looked it up. The definition is a particular period of time marked... By distinctive features, events, etc., the beginning of a dis- or a distinctive, a beginning of a distinctive period in history of anything. A synonym for epoch is age, a date, an era. I like the word era, E-R-A. An era is an expanse of time, and it seems as though we are, we have entered into a different era of time. How many hear me? The likes of which. Um, I've never really experienced, and the challenges seem serious now, and the pressures are, uh, they don't quit, they're unmitigated, they, they continue in, in veracity, how many hear me, and fierceness, and everybody's saying, what in the world is going on? But before I go any, uh, go any further, let me say, ever since, ever since uh, God created Lucifer and gave him A position in heaven unlike any other created being. When he was created, Ezekiel 28 seems to indicate he was the most beautiful of all God's creation. It says he was. He had some uh, ability to, to, uh, to, to worship. He had pipes in him. Ezekiel 28, those pipes, if you look up the word, it has to do with music. Some Bible scholars believe he led the worship of heaven. He actually led the worship of the angels before the throne of God. And then it called him the anointed cherub that covers. He had something to do with the security of the throne of God. But he got this wrong idea that he could outsmart God, outdo God, outclass God, outlead God. And he, he, uh, he set up a rebellion against God with at least a third of the angels of heaven, Revelation 12, if you factor that into it. And they, uh, uh, he slandered God. That's why gossip is so demonic. Anytime you speak against the leader of your organization, you're, uh, you're, you're partaking of what caused Satan to be kicked out of heaven. He led an insurrection against God so strongly. Now, you've got to understand, think of the blissful place we call heaven. As little as we know about it, it's a place of grandeur, a, grace, a place of the presence of God. But he, with his manipulatory tactics in some way, was enabled to twist truth and make good look bad, bad look good, wrong seem right, and right seem wrong. A third of the angels of heaven listened to him, he fell to the earth. And ever since then, his entire goal is to slander God and to keep God's creation from worshiping him and keep the creation that God created in his image and in his likeness away from him. So he deceived Eve. Adam fell into the trap. And all of these, these uh, millennia of time since the creation of the first man and woman. He has sought to set a snare and a trap. And to hinder God's plan and purposes for the earth. How many hear me? And his whole goal, he wants the, he wants the earth to worship him. He wants people to worship him. Even after the flood of Noah, in fact, the flood of Noah, and I'll have time to get into it, the flood of Noah came because uh, things got so messed up. The only cure was to destroy every living thing except the one family that was not corrupted, Noah's family. And then even after the flood uh, dissipated and abated, they left the ark. Then even after the flood, The hearts of men turned against God. Satan rose up, and he he caused the he caused men to build a tower, an astrological tower, so so people could worship the signs of the zodiac. Bible scholars say that's where heathen religions were born, and he sought to usurp God's place on earth. Now he's done that ever since the beginning of time, and my friends, one last time he's seeking to do it again. When Jesus the Christ came on the scene, He's the first man since Adam and Eve who was born in relationship with God, out from under Satan's control. He was immortal; death had no hold on him. Demons couldn't touch him. Fallen angels couldn't touch him. Nobody can bother him until his time was up. He hindered God's. Pur- uh, he tried to hinder Jesus' purposes and plans. But Jesus always kicked him away until, until it was time for him to uh, offer the ultimate sacrifice. And now for 2,000 years, the church age has been in session and our goal has been to preach the gospel to every creature. And Jesus himself said before he returns, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached unto all nations and then the end will come. And my friends, we're really close to the point in time that the gospel of the kingdom is being preached to every person on the globe. How many hear me? It's amazing what's pr- transpired in the last 30 years with respect to technology and the ability to travel and go places and do things. And here we are at the very end of the, and close of the church age. It's an epochal time, it's a time of change, it's a, it's a time of transition, and we're transitioning. And I've mentioned this a number of times in the past, but let me say it again. We're transitioning from the age of grace, the church age, into an age of judgment. Now, we think that judgment is negative. Judgment is not negative, it's positive. Judgment is where God makes every wrong right, where God judges fairly those who refuse to listen, refuse to acquiesce to Him, and puts them where they belong. How many hear me? Y'all are, must be listening in because you're mighty quiet. And here we are at the very end of the age. And one last time, I just want to show you. One last time, Satan is going to raise his head worldwide and seek to control the entire human race. Did you hear me? And, and, and uh, Scripture speaks a few times the term Antichrist. He's the man of lawlessness, the man of sin. There's, there's several um, names for this person that the bible calls antichrist and then there is the spirit of antichrist that john mentioned in his epistle he said in the first century it's already loose in the world what if it was loose in the first century what about the 21st century and you can feel and sense the antagonism against your faith the antagonism against freedoms today how many hear me so let me before i get y'all okay none of that's in my notes by the way a little bit of it but Revelation 13, I preach the entire book. Go to my, our website. There are 38 lessons with notes, so you can't miss what, what's being said. And I just want to jump right in the middle of this. Verse 7, Revelation 13, the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people to conquer them, was given authority to rule over every tribe, people, language, nation, And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. And the beast is the false prophet, the antichrist is what it's speaking of. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. The book that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. That means God's holy people must endure faithful. Then he saw another beast come up out of the earth and talks about him a little bit. Now, just listen to this, and he performs miracles and such. And then I just want to come right down, cut to the chase, verse 16, Revelation 13. He required everyone, I want you to listen to me, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand and on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name, you know, the number for God in Scripture is seven. Seven is a number of perfection in the Bible. Six is the number of man. So if it says six, 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 it's just emphasizing the frailty of man and his lack of perfection in juxtaposition to God who is holy, upright, pure, and exact, specific, and perfect. You get it? So if it says six, 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 you just know it's a, emphasizing the frailty of man anyway no one could buy or sell or without the mark which is either the name of the beast or the number representing his name wisdom is needed here let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast versus the number of man and his number 666 and then uh, revelation 14 just to follow through on the thought here verse 9 of revelation 14 then a third angel followed them shouting anyone who worships the beast And his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever and they will have no relief day or night for they have worshiped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means God's holy people must endure persecution patiently obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. I know that's a little heavy, heavy on Sunday morning, would you agree? But friends, we're we're going uh, headlong into this. And there is this uh, totalitarian ideological control that has emerged and actually unmasked itself over the last 18 months. Did you hear what I just said? My normalcy bias says, well, it's just another shenanigan. And then this is all going to go away. But in my prayer time, I'm sensing God saying something different. And what I'm sensing is this is, is not going to go away. The gre- and, and so let me just, uh, uh, let me see where I want to go here. I got so many things. Y'all, Y'all everybody good? I didn't know what to say uh, 18 months ago, and I've mentioned this, but I need to mention this in context. When I got back from a trip to the mountains of Tennessee, and this COVID-19 thing hit, and, uh, you know, I thought, well, here's another something, you know, we'll get over this. Well, uh, that didn't happen, so um, I got back from my trip on the 12th of Thursday, Friday morning, You've heard me. I'm repeating myself, but I need to do that for those that didn't hear me earlier, several weeks ago. Um, Friday morning, March 13th, Friday the 13th. I was praying, and again, I was sitting by. I was minding my own business, and you know, I had seen the news, this COVID 19 thing. And okay, I'm just sitting minding my business now. Uh, I'm minding. My, I'm just not thinking. I'm just you know, okay, Lord. My my thoughts are on the Lord. And let me say, when you when you want to get a hold of God. You know you want to clear your mind, but you never want to have a blank mind. Did you hear what I just said? Because if you go nyan nyah, nyah, nyah with your yoga instructor, a demon spirit may just accommodate you and fill your mind with trash. So when I do this, I get quiet. And usually I just think about the Lord. Many times I envision myself before the throne of God. So I'm sitting on my couch upstairs where I pray. And up from inside of me, just like this past Wednesday, that word epoch. That's the word. And I'm thinking. See, God, when when he reveals something to you, he already knows what you're thinking. He knows colloquialisms that you know. He knows how you think. And so God doesn't have to mince. He doesn't mince words. He he knows exactly how to speak to you. Sometimes he's spoken to me the way My mama used to speak to me. Now, midge. You get it. But this word nefarious floated up from inside me. I said, what? Nefarious. What? And see, my mind was on what I'd heard on the news. So God was wanting me to relate the word nefarious to COVID-19. I said, this makes no sense to me at all. I looked it up, the dictionary, extremely wicked or villainous, iniquitous, a nefarious plot. And then, you know, that wasn't enough for me, so, you know, in my dictionaries I have, I have synonyms, antonyms, and really, if you want to get the good understanding of a word, look up the synonyms of a word. Synonym means a word that's similar to a word, of course. So the synonyms for nefarious, heinous, horrible, odious, Outrageous, shameful, vicious, vile, abominable, atrocious, base, corrupt, criminal, degenerate, depraved, detestable, dreadful, evil, excretable, uh, flagitious, flagrant, foul, glaring, gross, infamous, infernal, iniquitous, miscreant, monstrous, opprobrious, perverse, putrid, rank, rotten, treacherous, villainous, and wicked. I got the message. Did you get that? I didn't understand at the beginning stages of this what was going on. But as time went on last year, and as time has gone on this year, I see now that the whole reason behind this, if you wanted to sup it up in one word, it's control. So when God spoke that to me, March of 2020, and then, I mean, literally that weekend, everything shut down. You remember, March 15th, everything shut down. Our governor, you know, stayed in North Carolina. I think it's 5.30 p.m. had a statement. He went on the news and talked about it. And then the rest is history. We're supposed to be flattening the curve. Well, where's the curve? How long does it take to flatten the curve? What curve? We don't even talk about the curve now because it's not about a curve. This thing's about control. Now, I'm going to stop right there with that. You can say what you want to about COVID-19 and do what you need to do with that. I got a lot of opinions and thoughts. I've done a lot of study and research, but that's not my message. My message is The weeks after that, um, uh, the last two weeks of March, 2020, April, first week, second week, I I went through a process. Uh, Really, I I went through a grieving process. And, you know, psychologists say the grieving process are stages to it. Well, I I, first of all, was in denial. What is this? It's crazy. It's crazy to be thinking this way, crazy to be dealing with this. This is stupid. This is dumb. See, that's my normalcy bias. You get it? But that first uh, part was grieving. We shut our church down. I, I put pictures of everybody. Y'all remember that? I put pictures of everybody on our seats because I got tired of preaching to empty chairs. Have you ever tried to public speak to nobody? You know, news broadcasters, they're right there reading the feed. But if you're doing extemporaneous speech the way a pastor does, a little bit different. I got notes, but you just preaching. That's weird. So I put, your, uh, I put your, many of your pictures on chairs. I filled every chair with a picture. And we've got more people than chairs, so we have two services. So I was in denial to begin with. This can't be real. What is this? This is crazy stuff. Where is this going to stop? And then I got angry about it. I was spitting mad. I was ready to stick my fist in somebody's face, say, you need to stop there. Y'all ever felt that way? I'm human just like you. I felt anger. This is not right. It's not fair. It's not just. And then as time went on, I said, it's not even true. Wait a minute. And then I finally began to grieve. Grieve my loss because I knew somehow inside me this is not going to stop. And it, has it stopped? No. Uh, question: Is it going to stop? If y'all read uh, news or uh, looking around, right now Australia is completely locked down. Have you heard that? Read that? And they're sending police. if you go out of your house uh, at other than the designated time to go out and get some fresh air, they 'll find you. Friends, control. Did you hear me? Uh, nefarious anyway I grieved my loss last year um, while we and we shut down we opened our church back up May 31st 2020 that happened to be Pentecost Sunday and we hadn't shut down since and I will never shut it down again There's a pastor in Canada right now who defied the Canadian government and they just sentenced him to four years in prison for having a church service. Now you can, that's in today's news. Are times changing? Where is your normalcy bias? And what are you gonna do about the changes that are coming? I have grieved my loss. I've lost friends. You know, in some ways, I feel like I've lost my innocence. I've lost my ability to trust my government. I've lost my ability to believe what I hear on a news broadcast completely because I know it's twisted. I've also grieved because there's always a large portion of people that can't see what's happening. And speaking to them is like talking to a light pole They just don't listen. You just can't get it. They don't get it. You understand? And it's almost as though a veil's over a lot of people. And they can't hear what's going on. Maybe that's why Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. I've been doing this for years I, when I came to Jesus and learned about spirit, soul, body. The Holy Spirit's in my human spirit. When I listen, when I read things, when I listen to podcasts, videos, stuff, read books, listen to conversations, have conversations with people. See, I hear with these ears, my outside ears, but see, i got another set of ears. And those are the ears that we need to learn to hear with. What's God saying when somebody's talking to you? What's God saying when you're listening to the news? What's God saying when you're having a conversation with a person you don't know? What's he saying to you inside about that? That's called discernment. And we're lacking it deeply in the church world today. Did you hear me? So I grieve my losses... In some ways, um, well, you know, now I'm going to talk about the positive in a minute. But, I'm, you know, what was was is not going to be again. I, I used to like to go to a restaurant and still do. And eat a nice steak and I still go. But it's just different, you know. It feels like everybody's on edge. Have you sensed the same thing? Or going shopping? There's just an antagonism. It's weird. There's something trying to divide us. Have you figured that out? Jesus said, a city divided against itself can't stand. Our enemy knows that, uh, you know, why is this happening? Number one, we live in a, you got to know something about America. If you're an immigrant, you ought to thank God you live here. How many immigrants are here? Would you please raise your hand? Ah. How many immigrants are glad you're here? This is the last place of freedom worldwide. Do you understand that? The nation that we live in called America. Now, let me say this before I go any further. I'm number one a Christian. And I don't care if I'm living in Africa, living in India, living in Europe, living in South America, or living in America. I'm a Christian. And as much as I can, I'll obey the laws of the land until those laws tell me that I can't obey my God. And when those laws cross what God says to me, I got to make a choice. And I'll do what the apostles did. We ought to obey God rather than man. Now that's what that Canadian pastor's doing. So I've grieved my losses. And let me say, in grieving my losses, everybody okay you know i, I susan and susan i lived in the same house for 15 years we built a house here uh when we first moved here we lived there 10 and a half years but i like my house i enjoy my house but i've uh, i've given it up and i still live there but if tomorrow i had to leave it nah it's just stuff And I have other things, vehicles and all that. I'll leave that stuff. I wouldn't even think twice. See, I've grieved my losses. If I had to live like a hobo under a tree, I'm willing. Because I'd rather have a free mind than to somebody rule rule my head. Did you hear me? A lot of people vote for a full belly I know people with full bellies that sometimes wish they were starving because they would rather be free in their minds. Did you hear me? Why am I talking about all this? Because uh, it's getting really crazy. The last part of the grieving process, we've got denial, anger, grieving your losses, then acceptance. Now, I've accepted that things aren't going back to the way that they were. And I've also accepted the fact that... um, there's a movement to combine all nations. Did you hear what I just said? It's a movement. Why are the southern borders of the United States being fought so voraciously? It's because there is a belief system run amuck that all nations need to amalgamate together. Do you hear me? And so we just need to let everybody from anywhere go anywhere. Regardless of walls, regardless of standards. Why is that? It's an ideology of a one world control. Do y'all hear what I'm just saying? How many hear me? Do you think it's happening right now? Friends, that is the spirit of Antichrist. Yes or no? Why is it after America? Because above any other nation, we have had freedom. Up until now, we could speak our peace. The other thing I've grieved, first, I couldn't figure it out. People start getting, started getting locked out of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, just for saying this or that, we have free speech rights in America. What happened to freedom of speech? What happened to arguing your case? There's nothing wrong with disagreeing with someone. Now somehow disagreement is synonymous with hate. Now if I disagree with you, I don't hate you, I just disagree with you. One day you'll find out I'm right and you're wrong. I'm joking. You go down when you don't listen to others that disagree with you. Did you hear me? You lose your edge when you don't allow free speech. And that's happening right now in America. So the greatest things that are going on right now is this spirit of control. It's a spirit of antichrist. My encouragement is we need to stand up. God gave me a word the end of May uh, 2020 last year. Again, I was praying. I haven't said much about this one, but it's still as strong as the other ones, uh, the two. um, And I don't remember what day it was. I did write, have a journal. I wrote it in my journal. um, But you know, it's when the riots started breaking out in cities and burning and looting and looting cities. businesses. It was the end of May, first part of June last year. Remember that? And it's been on the West Coast more than the East Coast. And um, I was minding my own business again and had heard that and it had bothered me. And God gave me a word, two words really. One is a, a sub of the other. The first one Is subversive. And from that word you get subversion. Subversion is seeking to overthrow a government. Did you know that? Go look it up. There are powers in the world that don't like who we as Americans are because we have freedom of expression, freedom of religion, And we can do what we please. The spirit of Antichrist doesn't like that. So that spirit is behind people that are doing crazy things and they're disobeying laws and then the police force does nothing about it. Question, does that bother you? Huh? So let me ask you another. What are you going to do if that same kind of thing comes to your community and tries to break the windows in your house? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh? What if they start looting the grocery store that you, gro- you shop at, and the Target store you shop at, places you go to? What if they start throwing rocks at your car? What if they stop you try to harm you? What, what about it? Is that real? Is that a real possibility? Huh? Uh, here's a question. Now, you know, I'm leading up to a point. If all we do is say, that's bad, but that's happening to them, You're fooled. That could happen to you, my friend. How many hear me? So let me me just cut to the chase here. I am not of the belief system that the United States of America has to acquiesce to the spirit of Antichrist. If we do, it's because we allowed it and did nothing to stop it. Yes or no? So, cutting to the point here, now is the time to act, my friends. Now is the time to stand up for what you believe. And if they're trying to teach your children wrong history in school, now is the time to go to the PTA meeting and say, You can't do that. That is incorrect. That's not history, that's lies. Now, I can stand up and talk about critical race theory. That is demonic. It's anti-God and it's anti-Christ. Every race is important to God. Red, red, yellow, black, white, all are precious in His sight. But if you teach people that a a child, that a skin color is their problem, you are ruining that child for life. And you're allowing that spirit of control to come seeping in. Yes or no? You may like what I'm saying or you may not like what I'm saying. Are there problems? Sure, boatload. But that is not the solution. Jesus Christ is the solution. There's neither bond nor free, male nor female, Jew or Greek. We're all one in Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. We've got to get past looking at a man and judging him on the basis of the color of his skin but rather the content of his character. And this whole thing's doing it opposite. I'll just go ahead. My dad has a phrase, Bass Ackwards. You'll get it in a minute. You got it, right? Y'all, the world is screwed up bad. You hear me? I just have a question. What are you gonna do about it? Well, I'm going to go to work tomorrow morning. That's good. I'm going to make my kids lunch and take them to school. That's good. I'm going to come home and and, and cook dinner. That's good. I'll give my kids baths. That's good. I'm going to sing to them and pray with them before they go to bed. That's good. But what else are you going to do? Now is the time, my friends, if we're going to stay free, to act. That means go to the PTA meetings. Go to the school board meetings. That means go to the county meetings. That means go to precinct meetings. That means voice your opinion, whether somebody likes it or not, but do it in love and kindly. And if somebody says, well, you hate me, you say, no, I love you, but you know I have a differing opinion. That's not bad. That's good. Because we can find out what's the best. Somebody said the philosophers of yesteryear said, I took a course in philosophy. The philosopher said truth is the mean, the center between two extremes. But if you have only one point of view allowed, that's tyranny. So guess what we have now? We have tyranny on Facebook. We have tyranny in news broadcasts. Yes or no? We have tyranny on YouTube. We have tyranny on Twitter. We have tyranny in colleges and universities that won't allow students to voice their opinions. We're not helping people. No, we're helping the spirit of Antichrist. And my prayer to God is that every pastor will talk about what I'm talking about today. Because if we pastors don't do it, you know what? Who's going to? So what are you going to do? We need to pray, and I do. I pray, I pray hours and hours every week. But we need to do more than pray. Did you hear me? We need to put legs on a praying. And we need to act. So I believe the Spirit of God is going to be speaking to you. When somebody's saying something that you know is wrong, when you're picking up your kids from school, or when you're talking to the teacher, Or when you're having a conversation with a friend about X, Y, Z and they say something that is just outlandishly wrong and you know it from your viewpoint from the scriptures, then instead of saying nothing, kindly speak up and say, you know, I appreciate what you said, but I don't agree with that. Here's what I, I believe. Are you willing to do that? The problem with Americans today is we want everybody to like us. We even want the devil to like us. And as a result, we're not pleasing God or the devil. It's time to take a stand. As for me and my house, we're going to walk with God. We're going to do His will. I'm going to preach the word. Come what may. How about you? Are you will, willing to speak up? Now, you know, some of this, what I'm saying, I know it could, could seem a bit abrasive, perhaps a bit bold. Well, I think that's by design. I feel the spirit of God on me right now. But I want to encourage you, wake up, start praying and saying, God, what can I do to make a difference? First of all, pray. Secondly, 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 find a way to stand your ground make a difference. How many hear me? Just don't accept the status quo. That's how we're going to challenge this. How many hear me? I do believe it could be that for as far as Americans are concerned, if we repent, our best days are ahead. So I got a lot more to say. Did you get anything out of that? I got so much more, oh, Father God. (laughs) God gave me this as I concluded my prayer time this morning, John 8, 31, where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, that's King James Version. New King James said, if you abide in my word. I like the word continue. It means you're somewhere and you keep doing the same thing. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. How cool is that? Say, well, pastor, you talk about all the problems. What's the answer? The answer is get your nose in this book right here. Because you know what this will do? This will free your mind. This will free you spiritually. It'll it'll also cause physical freedom. The Word of God. Ever since I've known Jesus. (laughs) Since I was 18, this book it's been right here inside me. And I got something to help you. Y'all want to be helped? My encouragement, don't just read your Bible, meditate the scriptures. Read them over and over and memorize them. How many hear me? Change your thought processes, change your thought patterns. That is not going to happen by just coming to church on Sunday morning. That will All this is is a catalyst. You'll imbib some of the Spirit of God and take some of that home with you. That, that'll come off and get off on you. It'll be a catalyst. But it's what you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is going to make the difference in your life. You got to put shoe leather on this stuff. Put shoe leather on the pages between this leather. Do it. Practice it. Act on it. Meditate on it. All my life I've been meditating on the Word of God. Every, all the time. Every day. When I wake up at night, I meditate in Scripture. During the day when I'm, when I'm riding around going somewhere, I'm either worshiping God with praise music or listening to a, a biblical podcast of some kind or, or I'm meditating. Take time to meditate. What do you mean? Let the Word of God revolve over and over inside of you. It's the Word that's going to change your life. I mentioned Wednesday night, Jesus said, storms are coming, the wind's going to blow, the river's going to rise... But he said, the house that stands and the house that falls, the standing or falling is based on what you do with the word. The person that does nothing with it but just comes to church Sunday morning and says, that's pretty good, Pastor. That's good, good sermon. And closes the book, that's a house built on sand when the storms come. They fail. And friends, we had a lot of people fail last year. And they're still failing this year because they thought they knew the word. They just heard it but did nothing with it. But here on out, we got to act on what we hear. And to do that, you meditate.